Meanwhile, at Orca's headquarters, an undercover Firestar meets up with an imprisoned Cyclops. Look at you, Cyclops. Actually, I guess introspection was never your thing, especially now. Welcome back, traitor. <laughs> How do you know it's me? Your eyes are sealed shut, dumbass. You're making what's left of your life a living hell. <laughs> her words were harsh, but her touch was gentle. One thing that Firestar and Cyclops had in common, they were both in the scouts. Listen, pig. Using Morse code, Firestar apologized for not having freed him yet and implored him not to lose hope. Her goal had been to break him out today, but Juggernaut needed her more. Yeah, you like that? What Firestar didn't realize was that she was tapping Morse code on Cyclops' penis. Ooh, oh, it's getting firmer by the minute. Cyclops tried not to enjoy it, but he did. A little smile crept across his face as Angelica tapped dot dot dash dot dot dash dot dot onto his hardened penis. Oh yeah, you like that right on the tip? Ooh, ooh, yeah, dot, 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 dot. yeah, right on the tip, bunch of dots. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm telling you, I'm gonna free you soon. Don't worry about it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Just take the deal, cunt. Cyclops made it look good too. Go to hell. You're a disgrace, Angelica. Mm, mm. Just move it move it down to the base of the shelf. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. You're one of... Okay, you don't like it right up. Are you too... It's because you're circumcised. Damn you, Firestar. You'll never make me come. Ugh, yeah. Jean told me the same thing right before she died. Oh, shit. Right in the eye. Oh, no, Juggernaut. <laughs> I'm going to go make him come, too. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 279 of Comic Book Queers, Hello. CBQ Legacy. I'm Evil Jeff, your host, along with our other host, Brett. Hi, sorry, I talked before you properly introduced me. Bad podcast etiquette. That's okay. But good podcast episode. I will say there is a, the one cool thing about us recording in different one cities. One cool thing. Um, it's, uh, we can't hear, like, if I need to, if you talk over me, I can just erase it and then you don't hear it on the other mic at all because we're not in the same room. Oh my God. I just realized how much you need to do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you put a lot of work in, honey. <laughs> yeah. We have separate audio tracks that Evil Jeff, Evil Jeff merges them together to simulate the conversation we are having right now. Now, not being now for you, of course, yeah. listener. And there was a, there was a, a small time where we were for some reason, Brett's some reason. for some reason, even though we we synced it all, Brett's right. recording would go out of sync, and so I would manually out of line sync. everything up. Oh, that was fun! But you know what? So we're a, we're a small mom and pop shop here at Comic Book Queers, bringing it together for we you guys. We are a small but mighty production house. Yes, yes. and welcome everyone to episode two seventy nine. We're going to talk about a lot of things today. We've got X Men comics, we've got Hickman comics, and we've got television. Oh, shit. Well, we also have some hot topics. So how about we hit that oh. music? We got some hot, we got some hot topics. Yeah. Hot topics. What's the hot topic for today, Brad? Hot topics. Uh, the Marvel Studios. Everybody's talking about Marvel Studios. They're 
They're dead. They're back. They're but dead. But you know what? No, They're everybody done. loves to see a Titan fall. They love it. Everybody loves as much as they love the rise. They love the fall that much more. And I mean, it was coming yeah. sooner. And or later. do you know what they love even more than the fall? The t- watching a Titan fall. They love a comeback. The rising from the ashes. Because this isn't the end they of Marvel. Love the comeback. It's a Phoenix story. They're gonna fall apart, and then they're gonna get it back together. Strikes and gutters, waves. Yeah, I mean, they're they're learning. They're going. They're learning. They're already changing how they're doing TV. Let me tell you something, though. Variety Magazine, they just published that big article, like the downfall yeah. of Marvel Studios. They are just, like, flooding the internets with content that is very anti-Marvel. Somebody at Variety has it in for Marvel because they keep publishing attack pieces. Yeah. Well... It also could just be, I think they realize like, oh, going after the big guy, it's going to get a lot of clicks. It's going to get a lot of views. Oh, it'll get some eyeballs. It'll get the impressions. Yeah. Um, I, and pe- people love to debate about Marvel. Do you think this will lead to Kevin um, Feige being like a change of hat, like a change of leadership? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, he will... You know, like over his cold dead body. You know what I mean? Well, I think in the end, I don't think it does, he's going to do that willingly. Like fully up to him, yeah. I, but that's what I'm wondering is like, because a lot of these decisions, especially with the TV, where it's like, oh, we don't need showrunners to make TV shows. Oh, these all suck. That's under his watch. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. Um, but it's also a weird sure thing where, where for some reason, when it's a white cis man. We're, we're just yeah. like, hey. Oh, just forgive him. Yeah, no, give him a second chance. He's figuring some stuff out. But heaven forbid it's like a woman. And they're like, well, it turns out women aren't funny from this one incident. So let's fire well, them all. I mean, they did. They fired the woman. They fired Victoria Alonso. Yeah. Like the three producers were Kevin Feige, Victoria Alonso, and Luis Desposito. And they fired the woman. Yeah. They said like she was... She was doing some other independent film, which was a breach of contract. But give me a fucking break. People work on other projects all the time in the industry. Also, you she was the fall person. And she, to, by the way, yeah. is a lesbian. They they got rid of the woman and the queer. Of course. Of course. Oh my God. Fuck Disney. Ugh. Well, I can see them coming for but who who is gonna replace Kevin Feige? Joss Whedon. No, I'm just kidding. Can you imagine? Joss Whedon. Um, Kathleen Kennedy. The whole flaw in the whole thing was how do we beat Endgame? I mean, it's just like, well, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's all, it was all about how do we go bigger than Endgame? I know we'll bring in Jessica Alba and Tobey Maguire and do the same thing all over again. Jessica Alba? Yeah, because they're going to bring in all the other Marvel movies. Like, it'll be Endgame, but it'll be every single Marvel movie ever. So Hugh Jackman and Tobey Maguire and Jessica Alba. Oh, I think there's also this hubris. Which is flawed. But of them thinking. Hubris. I think it's, but it's the Guardians of the Galaxy fucked them. Because I think they got it in their head. We can take anything and make it a blockbuster hit. But the only reasons Guardians of the Galaxy was popular was because you also had... Captain America, Iron Man. You can't have all Guardians of the Galaxies. It can't be all side, esoteric, not as popular characters and and expect it all to hit. Like people were like, no, I still need like the main fun, good, fun thing. And they just like dropped it. And that's the other thing with the TV shows. They're spending 
I found out She-Hulk, $25 million an episode because of reshoots and doing everything. Good Lord. Do you know where some of that money could have gone to? Getting the main players. What if Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts was like a guest star? You know what I'm saying is like yes. get people from the actual yeah. Marvel movies to guest star in these things and people will watch it. It's it's kind of bonkers. And then for the biggest thing is they're like, oh, well, you know, we kind of used up all of our main things in Marvel. We don't have anywhere else to go. Um, the X-Men. Hello? Why are you deciding for to God's wait sakes. 10 years to release re-release the X-Men, dummies? Well, one thing I will say, and you and I didn't talk about this pre-pro, but they are opening up another universe, another corner of the MCU that Hawkeye kind of opened up with Echo. Did you see the trailer? I did not see the trailer for the new Echo. Isn't that supposed to be like like graded R too? Like, shockingly so. Yeah. It was... I mean, I think they are definitely trying to capture, recapture the spirit of the Netflix shows because it is very violent um you know it's it's you know it's definitely in our rated r territory but it focuses a lot on vincent d'onofrio's kingpin like this is this is just as much kingpin show it feels like from that trailer than it is echoes mm-hmm. but also it they're i think they're really going to make echo um a, a, like a more in-depth interesting character than we were able to see in hawkeye but yeah. this looks promising and so already people are like oh my god marvel are great yeah but at the same time no one's tuning in because they're like oh my god i love the echo comics you know that's true but they're they're tuning in honestly because it's vincent sanofrio was kingpin yeah like that's the hook yeah that's the hook but but hopefully they'll tell a great story about echo the character while people but then bring fucking typhoid mary into it then like they need to just maybe step it up maybe they will it's just Remember when they did, what was the, se- was it Daredevil season three that had Typhoid Mary? I stopped watching. I didn't watch all of Dead, of, of uh, Daredevil. It got a little boring for Girl, me. Girl, season three is Typhoid Mary. Oh, shit. Was that good? Okay. Yeah, it was great. All right. I don't know. But yeah, I feel like I, did you see the, ca- did you see the South Park, um, the latest South Park special? No. Entering the Panderverse. No. All right, you have to watch it. It opens with um, South Park. All the characters are just changed with, um, with like queer, like female characters of color. <laughs> and it's. I do feel it's. I, I the I the the right is kind of like, haha, they're going against woke culture, and I do feel um, there's a bit of that, but I do feel. Um, they're kind of making fun of both sides of like how much the stupid fandom cares and how angry they get of like, yes, who cares. how angry they get over it. Yeah. But basically it ends up being that there's like a separate universe where all of South Park is people of, of color, um, like queer people of color and that the mm-hmm. Kathleen Kennedy's got mixed up from the different universes. <laughs> and one of the Kathleen Kennedy's is, um, is basically Cartman and drag. And everything, they're like, she's just like, well, Kathleen Kennedy, what should we do with this? Put a chicken in it and make her gay. And that's like all she says. <laughs> but then it gets to the point where they're like, they're like, do you like your coffee? No, put a chicken in her and make it gay. And they're like, you want me to put, do you want me to make your coffee a chicken, make her gay? And they're like, yeah. Like it's, it's, 
hilarious. But I do think um, a lot of it was just talking about the idea of, it's not so much of, oh, uh, the right thing's like, oh, we're going to make everything woke. It's not so much about woke, but more just people are running out of ideas. So they're like, hey, let's just retell and remake this old popular story and just put a woman in it without being like, oh, let's actually hire good writers. Let's hire, let's do something new. Let's do something innovative. Let's do something interesting. Um, you're just going to- Lazy storytelling in Hollywood? Yeah, what? because the problem with like Little Mermaid was not that, that the Little Mermaid was made black. It was that, why are you remaking the per- a perfect cartoon? A cartoon that was already perfect the way it yeah. was. Why are you remaking it in the first place? Because they have no new ideas. It's sad. Yeah, and I, like it, it's just multiverse Endgame that. Yeah, and I MCU think he was going for, and that is the flaw the entire time. The whole thing is just not new. Nostalgia has a limit. Well, I think nostalgia has ended, and I think here's the other problem: is now that the the pandemic is start of the like the 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 worst of the pandemic. Um, is kind of like in the background and everything's garbage now. I don't think people necessarily want nostalgia. I think younger kids are just like, hey, remember this thing from 2020? Little kids are like, I don't want to remember 2020. I think people right. now want something new and fresh and different. I hope so. So I'm hoping that they're all going to like kind of reset so and X-Men. remake better things. <laughs> yeah, just do the fucking X-Men. Well, I think also though, Echo represents... Marvel moving away from a macro narrative and not all of the stories, they have to set an expectation that like not every show in every movie is about the fucking Kang multiverse. Yeah. We can tell stories in our way that don't have to fit into the bigger picture. They just were hesitant to do that too. And that's what DC is doing. Uh, DC, they've already said like, oh yeah, Robert Pattinson's Batman. That's its own thing. Joker um, that's its own thing. Those don't, they're not on the same universe. Yeah, but they're still, they're still going to have a, they're still going to have a, in the sacred timeline, Batman and Joker, like Gunn is going to still have his Batman. Exactly. And his but that's the nice thing is now we can be like, oh, this thing that's doing its fun stuff. It's its own little world. And I will say that is a problem that I find in, and the Marvel comics is that they don't open the idea that this Marvel comic, maybe it can just be in its own little world. And we're going to talk about that later with that is kind of my flaw with um, a new one called Gods coming up. Oh, okay. I almost kind of wished Um, it was its own thing. Anyway, but we'll talk about it later. What about Kang? Did did they say anything about Kang? What about Jonathan Majors? Are they getting rid of Kang? No, listen, evidently the Loki finale spoiler sets Kang up as like an even bigger deal. Oh, like okay. the, the evidently the end of Loki is putting a huge spotlight on like Kang is coming and it's Jonathan majors. Well, the so, end of uh, the, Ant-Man showed that like, it's all Jonathan majors, right? Yeah, I know. So this is what I want to talk about. So part of that variety story is that, and who even knows how real this fucking story is, but it was that, executives were thinking of kind of quickly pivoting away from Kang and toward Dr. Doom as a way to address and solve the majors. Yes. Yes. But then, but you've already set up so much stuff with Kang. Exactly. And here's my thing. The whole fucking thing about variants is like different actors can play the same character. Like you've got Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker. 
Tobey Maguire is Peter Parker. Tom Holland is Peter Parker. Like, there's Lokis who it's the it's Stephen E. Grant. It's a woman. Why is nobody saying just make a different actor Kang? And it's totally okay because because variants. Yeah. Why are you pivoting to Doctor Doom? I don't yeah, get it. Go into a different universe and find the Kang where it's a woman and Have, she's gay. J- right. <laughs> right. Grab Pandaverse Kang. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't but know. But like, yeah. what are we moving to a different villain for when the whole thing is like, variants can look like anybody. But I think- so what's What is hard? Yeah, but I will say, this is the other thing. And I was talking about this a few weeks ago. And I was, I followed this one girl who covers a lot of superhero stuff and comic stuff on TikTok. And I would give her a shout oh, out. Oh, she does. I, I would give her a shout out, like but her. I don't remember her name. So okay. too bad. But I think she was talking about like the reason why the Marvels isn't getting a lot of pre-ticket sales, and people are like, "Yeah, nobody, um, yeah, Ugh, nobody likes." Nobody, they're like, "Nobody likes Marvel. Nobody likes these things anymore." And she's like, "I think there's, I think it's not that. I think there's also with what's going on in society, people aren't don't have the hunger for a superhero because right, right. now our brains are not, our hearts and minds are not working the same right now. But also, I think right now we're." We're seeing in a world where everybody's kind of a bad guy and the world is very gray and ugly and there's no solutions. And and superheroes We don't believe in superheroes anymore. Exactly. And superheroes is like, no, we're the good guy and you're the evil bad guy. And I think if you look at what's going on, which You're a bastard too. Yeah, I think it's like if you're if you're trying to like get on like even anything in politics, anything going on in the world, anything with your the pandemic, all of these things, everybody's trying really hard. To pivot, they want to make people like either the good guy or the bad guy, and it just doesn't really work anymore. And so I think the idea of a superhero that's good and everybody else is evil, I think people aren't buying it as much anymore. So it's a harder sell. And, oh my God, isn't that one of the underlying themes of Jonathan Hickman's Gods? Yeah, which is why I- Hickman sees it. No, and I, well, I will talk about how this is, I am so excited for this. Because this is one of the smartest things written in a long time, and we will talk about it soon. Because I'm, because all those things I'm talking about, yes, Hickman is kind, is kind. I don't know who the good guy is in this in that book, <laughs> and that's what I love right. about it. <laughs> yes, and later, so we're going to talk about some Jonathan Hickman work, gods, and we're also going to talk about the new Ultimate Universe that he's introducing in Marvel Comics, which again really blurs the lines between good and evil and supervillain and superhero. Yeah. There's a theme here. Hickman is so ahead of the fucking curve. Yeah. He's he's a genius. But first, yeah, I think he's he might he, be up there as like one of my favorite write, like comic writers of all time. Yeah. I mean, I don't I still and it's like even though I don't like anything he writes now, Chris Claremont at his prime, I still feel it's just sacred to me. Um, of how much he Grant wrote Morrison. in the 80s. Grant Morrison's X-Men is probably one of the most amazing things ever written. Brian K. Vaughn. Brian Grant K- Morrison's everything. Brian K. Vaughn. I mean, so much of what he wrote. You know what? One of these days, I'm going to make you read The Invisibles. The Invisibles? Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison's The Invisibles. It's what created me. It's what created you. What did your parents yes. read it and then fucked and then she got pregnant? Yes. <laughs> and no, they fucked and and then all of a sudden they had a copy of the Invisibles on the floor and I just emerged out of the Invisibles <laughs> instead of out of my mom. <laughs> when was that written? 
Uh, I'd say like late 90s. Okay. Late nineties, early two thousand. Like I think um Is it DC? It ended in the year two thousand. It was Vertigo. Oh, yeah. so it's its own thing. Yeah. Okay. All right, yeah, sure. Oh God. Oh, the invisibles. Okay. Um, we should first talk about X-Men though, right? Yeah, hit the music. I was reading X-Men comics in a cocktail bar. That much is true. Yeah. X-Men. We only got one X-Men, X-Men book so, because they decided to have a well, hundred X-Men of, books last week. No, we have one, but we also have a story that's happening in X-Men Unlimited. Yes, we will cover that story. It ties into this. Which is like, ugh, I'm just, I, this new portrayal of Moira McTaggart is driving I'm, me oh, so are you, bonkers. Have you read the Red Root saga on Marvel Unlimited, the story of Sunfire saving Red Root from Otherworld? Yes, I read the whole thing. Okay. Moira is such a mustache twirling villain. Yeah. It's it's at this point I think here's the thing is the way Hickman wrote it is she was like you know what? I just realized in the end the mutants are always going to be the problem and they're always going to be. And so the solution really is what I did before mystique set me on fire was when I was trying to cure them and get rid of them. That's the best way is to cure them and get rid of them. And that's not an evil mustache twirling villain. Now she's like, and it's not like it just happened here. It was like, even when she like fucking was like killing Banshee and, and then, you know, being inside of a, of um, who's Peter Parker's girlfriend? Mary Jane. Mary Jane. All this stuff where now she's just like, she's like reveling in their misery. And I'm just like, that was yeah. just never her. I know, but you like, you have to keep in mind that she uploaded her personality into machinery and that's flawed. Like I look at it like she uploaded her anger and her rage. She uploaded herself in such a state that now it's that state that is captured. And, but you know what? Then let's and- have a caption or some dialogue or something saying that that's what's happening. Oh yeah, I made that up in my head to justify this. Yeah, I want I want someone to talk about that. Super because right yeah. now she's literally just a cartoony supervillain. Yeah. And you'll never get away Sunfire. Yeah. We'll kill you. But basically, and then here's also the thing that's stupid. Krakoa is still a thing, and Armor basically brings Sunfire and she's like, "Hey, we need to get Red Root back to um to Mars or um or Araco. We need to get Red Root back there." Um, since you know, in the and she she lost her. Who was she battling against in that sword? In the in the, in the when she oh the, yeah, who was that? The ten, ten of swords in Mad Jasper's. Yeah, I forget. Um, she was battling against someone, and she lost. And basically, Mad Jasper's stole her away, and she shrunk down into like a little thing. Um, and so they're like, let's get her back. So know what I'm going to do? Know what's a good idea? How about especially Otherworld? Where what happens when you die in Otherworld? You're gone. Forever, which is also something these writers forgot about because he kept talking about, I can die. It doesn't matter. I can come back. No, you can't because you're another world, bitch. They can't. Right? You're another world, bitch. I think they forgot about that little oh, wait. thing. Wait, didn't they do something to that, though? Didn't they fix it? Oh, God. Did they fix it? Do I have it? something in my in Excalibur? Do I have a false memory implant? It? Oh, wait yes. a minute. No, maybe. Did they fix it in Excalibur? No, well, did, did, I guess they did bring Gambit back, right? Yeah. 
But did he come back or did he ever really, did he not really die? Well, no, he more like he got like deprogrammed. Yeah, I don't know if that was fully resolved. Readers, readers, listeners, listeners. Uh, let us know if you remember because I don't, I don't fully remember that whole. Yeah, I don't fully remember if that got resolved in that Excalibur Knights. What was that one called? Knights of the Realm or something? No, uh, Knights of X, Knights Excalibur, Capt Betsy Braddock, Captain Britain, Betsy Braddock, Lickin' Pussy. It was one of those. Hey. One of those. Anyway, so. But Sunfire, but I, that's hey. the other thing I don't understand is them being like, hey, Sunfire, go find Redroot by yourself. That doesn't really make any sense. Why not? Storm was like, go do it. You need a mission. He's like, you I need, need a mission. mission like, but a you mission. should have someone else in case something goes wrong. They could go back oh, and report. Oh, he's fine. I, no, you can't I the thought team that in. was stupid. No, no, no. I'm not. He's sa- fine. No, I, but the, for me, it's fine for storytelling purposes, but for actual tactical purposes stupid it's just me complaining about how by himself yeah of course so he goes off to find red root um jaspers is basically like oh i gave her away to someone else and then stabs one of her um splinters in him and it works as a compass and then it's like months of him trying to like find this bitch yeah and then finally we see orcus has like a a what is it? Blightswill? Yeah, which I'm like, oh, Blightswill factory. Orcus. Yeah, they're even in Otherworld. I'm like, who are these people? Yeah, well, that was established in that Excalibur thing, right? I know, but come on. They're only humans. I can't believe they're in Otherworld. Yeah. So they, uh, so it turns out they're using um, Redroot to like help them with the, the, the blights like with the blight swill she's like the fertilizer yeah and so he she keeps pooping so he goes to save her and then moira's there and it's like evil villainly villainy moira battling against like, leap, like leaping all over the place cackling and like, i am curious him. because i guess i'm trying to think of like when he first joined the x-men moira was very involved so i'm sure they had tons oh, sure. of interactions um Oh, tons. And so I find it very, uh, yeah, it was just very, um, it was just, it was also then she was just like, all right, here you go. And now I'm going to like leave him alone. Bye. And then he like gets out and like. I mean, it was like one of those vertical scrolling Marvel Unlimited stories. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it was. And basically, she, like, he ends up getting stabbed. Redroot jumps into his heart and is using her roots to kind of keep his heart He pumping. stabbed with Redroot. Yeah. Like, isn't, she stabs him with Redroot. Red oh, Root is that what like happened? in his heart. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So she's, like, in his heart, and then finally, you know, he, they blow up the factory, and Mar was all like, oh, gosh, dang it. And he runs off. They kill tr- the guy that knew how to make the yeah. blight swill, so that's. Yeah, so yay for Sunfire, but he then tries to go home, and we find out in X-Men, he goes through some portal and meets Apocalypse. So Apocalypse has him now. So that means they're- And it's from Sunfire's blood that Apocalypse was able to open an Akara gate and and show up on Mars like he did at the end of X-Men Red. And so in the X-Men Red, wasn't there people behind him? Weren't you saying one of them was Richter? Is that really Sunfire and Redroot? Or is that- could it So I saw Richter? a preview. I saw a preview of- It's so- This is so odd. I think it's Richter. I saw a preview of X-Men Red, which I think is coming out next week. 
and it's like the first four preview pages and it's apocalypse freeze vulcan from where he was imprisoned after fighting with storm and losing like she encased him in that mysterium remember that yeah but but why isn't he would he when he isn't he like not on any of their sides apocalypse is calling together like four horsemen in a different way he actually like to do some spell against genesis He's calling together fire, earth, air, and water. Oh, and so, so he's gonna be, think, he's gonna make them a horse. Oh, so he'll be a horseman, so we'll be loyal to him. But Sunfire, who by the way, who by the way was a horseman, Sunfire was famine for a while. Yeah. Um, it's not Sunfire though. In these preview pages, it's Vulcan who represents the fire. Interesting. And Richter and is probably Earth. The person in the hood is complaining about Vulcan, but it doesn't show you who they are. But I would imagine it's Richter. Yeah. Earth, yeah. Um, yeah. And then And it's got the best line. It's got they're like, so what is what is Aurora what does Aurora represent in the magic? Is she the air? And Apocalypse goes, No, Aurora is the magic. Uh which I'm like, can I get a book that's titled that? Aurora is totally the magic. Read a book called Aurora is the Magic. Number one. Um number two. Number three. And then there's number 79. There's a bunch of other things happening in this X-Men book. We see uh, there's the whole. Oh, my God. So much. Dr. Stasis is wanting to do a blood transfusion to get juggernaut blood so he can become the juggernaut. Uh, Dr. Juggernaut Stasis. Um, and at this point, Firestar is like, fuck, I need to like make sure that doesn't happen. Um, and so she decides to be like, oh, I need to go talk to Cyclops, which you heard in the beginning, to try and convince him to stand trial. And then she's like, oh, and then I'm going to go and kind of like, you know, free Juggernaut at the same time. Um, which she does. And part of me is like, oh, the, these the, the, this is like Nimrod and Moira McTaggart and Dr. Stasis. Are they that dumb? That they don't see. And Omega Sentinel. And Omega Sentinel. But this is what I thought was pretty good writing. Is then the next thing, they're like, hey, bitch, um, you show up and then Juggernaut escapes. They're like, yeah, what 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 else should we think? And then she's (laughs) like, like, well, what if? But maybe if you looked, you'll see I entered twice. So that means it was Mystique. And they were like, Mystique. And she totally threw them off their scent. I was like, oh, I like that. That was smart. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, and then I also, that panel of Firestar walking away after having her fake fight with Juggernaut, where she did say to him, throw me down on the floor as hard as you can, which, yeah. I'm sorry, that fucking hurts. Yeah. She, she had, like, her arm is in, a, is in a sling, and she just got through, you know, convincing these four villains that, you know, she did not do anything wrong. And then when she walks away, she is wincing in pain and agony, yeah. like, she cannot take this much longer. Yeah. It was a really good panel. Yeah. But I, the one thing that I'm interesting that when it cut to Juggernaut goes to the X-Men, um, he did not, we don't see it. He didn't mention, like, did, did they all now know? Because Kitty didn't tell anyone that uh, Firestar is not, is like, is a spy. Do they then know, Does it, is it implied now that all of them now know? Oh, I'm sure they know. Yeah, I would imagine. Okay. Like, that would be ridiculous if Sync was like, you traitor, and Juggernaut and Firestar were like, oh my god, wait, oh my god, we forgot to tell you. <laughs> um, and so it looks like there's some mutants in uh, Latveria. How do you say that? Lat, Lat, Latveria? Latvia? Latveria. 
And where is Latveria supposed to be? Is it in like Eastern Europe or is it supposed to be like near Kazakhstan? Yeah, I think it's like somewhere between Eastern Europe and Germany. It's very Bavarian. Okay. Anyway, uh, we also, so basically Kitty goes to Latveria with Ms. Marvel and she just hates, she hates Ms. Marvel. And um, she just hates her. And we know why, right? Like when you don't like somebody immediately, you should stop and pause and be like, what am I seeing in this person that I also see in me yeah, and don't like about but myself? There's, I think there is, That's what's going but on. But I think with this, I think there, there's, a, there's a little bit more. I want this fight can come across as problematic with a, oh, a, right. with a Jewish person yeah. and, and a oh, Muslim person. Yeah, yeah. Hating each I mean, each listen, other. why hide from that? No, I'm exactly. And I... I think I would love it if Ms. Marvel is like, what, uh, fucking Islamophobic much? And then Kitty Pride will be like, wait, what? No, I hate you because you're me. No, you're, <laughs> I look at you and I see, I look at you and I see what I used to be. Like, I, I look at you and I see, like, who I was when I came to the mansion and look at me now. Yeah, because you know what this and what this story needed with Kitty is she needed, she needed, Logan to show up. And I fucking love this interaction. Didn't you love this? Especially Didn't because, you love because this? when she became Shadow Cat, when she who's the person that fucking saved her from that? It was Wolverine. Right. It's called the what was it? The Adventures of Wolverine and Kitty Pride or something? Wasn't that the yeah. what it, that was called? Yeah. So he's what the one that when saved her up. from that. So now him seeing yes. her wearing Ogan's costume, basically embracing the murderous side of this guy that brainwashed her to be an assassin. He's like, I don't like this shit. And she's like, fuck off. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. This was so great. When he showed up, I was like, thank fucking God. Cause finally Logan is part of this narrative and not on the outskirts, ignoring exactly. it. Well, he wasn't. For the and the one issues. time when he finally comes to show up to help it's cause it's like, it's not like we need to save mutants. They're like, you need to fucking save Kitty. Cause she's lost. Yeah. I and love it. Sent him. Yeah, the line X-23. here, he's like, Kenny thought you could use a friend. And she goes, <laughs> I had a lot of friends, Logan. They're all dead. I don't need a therapist. And you're like, fuck. But I just love that other Wolverine is the one that sent other Wolverine. Yeah. To deal with this. And then here shows up in Latveria, Latveria Dr. Doom with his little mutants. Have these mutants made an appearance before? I feel like... Yeah. Were they there in the one with uh with um Franklin Richards? Is that where it was? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I just don't remember specifically if I should care about it. Yeah, any these of are these the, the Latvian mutants. Do we care these are the about Latvian them? Mutants. Are they gonna become main characters? Um, no, we care about more the relationship between Doctor Doom and Orcus, and the reason it's strained is because Doom is flaunting these mutants in their face and he's like, I got five right here. What are you gonna do about it? Well, it's also very smart sending Kitty there because Kitty also has a relationship with Doom. And in a weird way, this new Kitty, I think Doom is like, yeah, I like this. (laughs) And I'm sure Ms. Marvel is able to get through to Doom. (laughs) She's she's the type. Yeah. But I'm, you know, I love Immortal X-Men and X-Men are just so great. Love it. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Is that all the X-Men? But we do... It is. It is. We do miss Jonathan Hickman, though. We do. And he's we do come miss back his presence in, in these books. He has, though. Yes. Because he, uh, but not in the X-Men, hit, though. No. So let's hit the other music. 
comic, 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 comics that I have read. There's other comics than the X-Men. But who cares, really? In the Marvel world, we got a new Marvel book out called Gods, but it's an acronym. Yeah, it's been out for a while, but yep. What's the acronym stand for? I have no idea. All right. All right. Real quick. We need good orgies. Don't. I don't want to say suck because that's like predictable. I think it's get old dildos with syphilis. No, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? There it is. Yep. Um, But here's the one thing is, are you a Buffy person? Did you watch all of Buffy? No, I'm not. You didn't watch any Buffy. So that means you didn't want to watch Angel. No. Do you know who the main uh, the bad guys? The bad guys in Angel were a law firm. And they were ruled by yeah. what? The powers that be. The powers that be. And so in this, Gods, this main character, he works for something called the powers that be. And, and so it just gave me a lot of like Angel vibes. Um, he is the avatar kind of, like of the powers. That I will be. say for yeah. me, <laughs> this character win. My issue with this book is it's creating something really fun and interesting, but it's now a hard pill for me to swallow that. Like I now have to pretend that this was always there in the Marvel universe. That this like is happening. Big, like, yeah. cause he's that he was a huge power player this whole time. It's a little yeah. bit of a hard pill for me to swallow. So I would have just rather this been, I would have liked to see just a regular world where he's where this is happening and it's him. Yeah, like the like these characters that there are so big have been hiding in the shadows this whole time. But hey, let that go. Yeah. Otherwise, that's not what's we happening. Enjoy the story. Right. In fact, the first thing they do is integrate these characters into the Marvel universe proper. In our first page is when this new character, the Avatar of the Powers That Be, with Stephen Strange. And that is a repeat. We've seen this before. This was in the that one free comics preview where it like kind the of showed comic. everyone. Yes. We, this was like yes, his yes. little preview. And the only other preview, which is weird, was in the 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 Hellfire, Hellfire Gala. Gala. Um, but we see this book, and you think this book is really important. And it's really funny where you think this book is like, oh, this book is like what the whole thing is about. No. <laughs> Not even close. Yeah, which is kind of hilarious. And I will say it it ends up becoming this uh what is this guy's name? I can't Win? Win. Um he's a very typical um I would say who is he like? Because it's it's a guy who's just like he's an avatar to the gods, he's basically a mortal, but at the same time, at this point, he's just been alive for a thousand years, so he's just kind of like has this devil may care kind of snarky attitude. Yeah, about he's everything. such a ne'er do well. I know he's so. Uh, he's just such a moody gallivanter. I don't know how to describe this guy, but he's great. And so he is on one side. He of of some very big, 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 broad, godlike up there concepts. He is the avatar of the powers that be. On the other side, the the adversaries of the powers that be are the nature of the natural order of all things. Yeah. They don't have an avatar on that side. They've actually got 100 people dressed in white called centums. And uh, the centums are pretty much at war with win, although it doesn't start that way. So you've got this adversarial. Well, not, or more, it seems the like they're at war be. with the powers that be, which then right, by proxy, exactly. win is that the he, who he represents. Yeah. But 
one of the centums is bound to be Wynne's assistant because these avatars are ways for these gods who hate each other to work together. Like they, they won't work together themselves, but they'll work together through these representatives. So I guess his centum assistant, did they establish Dimitri. like who, who is the centum? Did they decide that or did the power? I, I still am a little confused. Oh, like why Dimitri? Of, or, or just like, why is one why of the, the whole thing in general on the enemy yeah. side? Who decided that? Yeah. How did that yes. happen? I guess it'll be explained. But that's also very interesting. And then one of the other new symptoms is his wife. Uh-oh. Yeah, and she's like the leader of them. She's one of the primes, which I guess is like a pri- if you're assigned a prime number. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe. And she's number 97 and he's like, "Oh, the biggest prime." But she um but basically she was also being lied to. He was not telling her that he was a thousand years old and was an avatar to the powers that be. And she found and, out through her yeah. job as she was being offered as a centum. So basically they go back flashback to 10 years before where she's like, Hey, we have to get a divorce because this is the job I want. And you were kind of lying to me. And he's like, but I love you. And she's like, I love you too. But you know, but to show that I'm like, career gal. to show which side I'm on, I'm going to fucking shoot you in the head. <laughs> so great. Talk about a bad end to so, the yeah. relationship. And so now he also they has a scar on his head, on his eye, mm-hmm. from his from wife shot shoot him through him in the, the eye. head. Yeah. So that's 10 years ago. Cut to now, where Wynne is back from being shot through the face. Uh, he's still with Dimitri, and they are calling upon um, Wong and Dr. Strange, who is having a meeting with like Reed Richards and Dr. Doom and Clea, and like I think Black Panther is there, and um, Amadeus Cho, and a lot of the Centums. And they're talking about this rogue agent, this all-powerful being who is kind of disrupting. He's killing symptoms. He's disrupting the natural order of things. And they have to take him down. Yeah. When also, it has a weird vibe of like, and I know it's different in so many ways. And tell me if I'm crazy. I don't know why, but it's also giving me like a Constantine. That's who, that's who we're thinking of. But Constantine, big, big Constantine isn't, vibe. I guess he is kind of snarky, but I, it's also, maybe it's the trench coat too, but it's also going yeah. off on your own. On I like that this is set up of like, oh, every once in a while he's just given these missions by the powers that be to like fix some, like some, some kind of, I, and that's the thing that's weird is it's kind of like spell casting, but they're not, and they're, it's not a, reli- a specific religion. It is not demons and hell. It's not that. It's kind of like, oh, it's just that. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. And I find that very interesting as someone who is not religious. I feel like this is just, I feel like this is generally order versus chaos. Like, I feel like win and the powers that be is chaos. And I feel like the Dimitri and Ico and the Centum and the natural order of things is order. Yes. And but but, but what do you need? You need both of those things. You can't. You need both. They're at war, but they can't be one of them. Win beats this entity through very chaotic means. Like he finds a penny on the street. The penny turns out to be from a dead universe. He gives that to the collector. The collector gives him something. Wait, but hold on, pause, pause. But while that's happening, all of the big players and the centum are just trying to fight him. They're fighting. They're fighting and fighting. Like this right. is the only way to beat him. We need to try and stop him. Blah, 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 blah. 
And there's like Doctor Strange. It looks like Amadeus Cho is there. Like everybody's fighting. But he's like, oh, I'm going to go off and do my own little thing. And it seems like he's just like being a douchebag, like, oh, whatever. But he's actually the only one that knows how to really stop him. Which is funny. He's playing each of the elders. He goes to the collector. He goes to the possessor. He goes to the trader. He goes to the um, the contemplator. And he's making trades. He's trading he gets up. gets one yeah. thing from one entity. And he keeps trading up until he gets the book that this we see device in the beginning. that he'll need. Yeah, the book that we see. Now, which do is you think him decoy. finding that penny, does he have powers? Like, is finding that penny yeah, like, a like a power? I don't know. Or is that something that the like powers that be just guide him? Is he almost like Layla Miller, where it's like, I know stuff? Yeah, or is he like Domino? Yeah, where it's like, look, I, I, I'm, and I, but the thing that I like is Hickman is not like an explainer. You find it out along the way when you need to know. And that is what I like. So I'm yeah. not going to complain because I know he's going to explain it all. But basically, yeah, I'm excited about yeah. this book. He has this new the lore, book this new mythology. He ends up handing the. He makes it look like, oh no, I dropped the book. This evil guy picks up the book like, haha, this has the biggest power in the world. And then he reads it, and then he's like, I uh, and it turns out that well, he tells, yeah, God, he tells Dimitri like, we this book cannot fall in the wrong hands, and then he drops the book, so Dimitri freaks out. Dimitri's like, oh my God, the book, and that's what makes the entity be like the book. Oh, this must be important. <laughs> it's so funny. And he opens it up, reads it, and it turns out whoever reads this book gets amnesia and forgets everything, and so the guy forgets everything, and then the spell ends, and then he's defeated. Um, with a stomp. Oh, I guess he has some kind of weird stomp thing that he does. Um, when his like stomps on the bad guy when he beats them at the end. I don't know what that's about either. Oh, weird. But I like he then Dimitri's like, why didn't you tell me? And he's like, no, I did that on purpose so that you would freak out. And then there would be all dramatic. <laughs> and then that like, so it's like he's definitely thinking all of these steps ahead. And um, and it kind of ends. uh with him having a conversation about good and evil with strange and strange is like, I am good, but evil. And, and it ends with him being like, who can tell the difference between good and evil? And I think that's what, mm-hmm. that's where superhero stuff needs to go is that it's like, it's not you. And with this book and with the other book, we're going to talk about him. You do not know necessarily who is the good guy and who is the bad guy in this. You want to say yeah. that when is the good guy? Cause he's the star of the book. I don't know if that's true. There's nothing there that says that that's true. You know, um, you know who I think Win could be. Who? Like you see his hair. Yeah. Um, half brown, half white. Yeah. Are you familiar with the 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 in betweener, the Marvel in betweener? Uh-uh. He's like one of the cosmic gods. Yeah, he's he's he represents like the thin line between order and chaos. He's like the the membrane between the two. He's the thing making it all stop from falling apart. I think so. And like, he's a super important, like he, you know, big, big cosmic God, but he's half black, half white, yeah. just like wins hair. I wonder if win is like the human avatar of the in-betweener or and all of this. Win is related to rogue <laughs> or that, or that. Yeah. But I, I'm going to guess that like, these aren't going to be brand new concepts. I think these characters are going to be, connected to kind of those classic Marvel cosmic. Well, you have creatures. to, he can't just ignore them. So they have to play a part. Yeah. Of yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk, but about, then there's a whole other universe. Yeah, let's talk about the doing. ultimate universe. Oh my God. The ultimate universe is back. And this time 
it's not universe 1610. It's universe 6160. Although we, but it's all starts with someone from the ultimate universe. From. And that is uh, the Almost maker. two. Almost two, but one of them turned down the invitation and yeah. the other. Yeah, the maker actually, the maker escapes. And I can't remember if we talked about it because I remember reading the first issue. And I can't remember if we talked about it here. It's all uh, event, We didn't because I didn't read it. Ultimate Invasion. And basically, he, um, the maker escapes and he goes to um, Ultimate Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and it's like, hey, let's go back to, let's go go to the new world. You don't belong here. And he's like, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm happy here. And he's like, all right. Um, and the maker basically goes and steals different objects from all of the Illuminati and they're like, hey, why is he – they're like, oh, he's building a gateway. He's going to try and go back to his world. And they're like, but why is he using all of our things? They're like, oh, he wants us to know. He has a Krakoan gate. He has something from Wakanda. He has, like, something from the Inhumans. Like, he's like, he wants us to know that what he's doing. And basically, he goes and escapes to um, a new world. And mm-hmm. – uh, Reed Richards has a good interaction with him where he's like, I should have erased you from existence. I shouldn't have brought you back here, which is like, Oh, pretty fucking harsh. And you like, like which I think affects, I think it affects the maker's actions against another Reed Richards later. And so the interesting thing here is it turns out uh, the maker didn't, didn't try to recreate the, I think the ultimate universe is like, it's gone. I think it was just destroyed. So yeah, I don't think he can in, go back to it. Yeah. So he decides to go back to another universe. And at the end of this series, you see this world. What is it? 6160? Yeah. You see 6160. You see Peter Parker about to get it, uh, bit by the spider. And someone grabs it and is like, oh, you almost got bit by a spider. And it is the maker. So the maker, and that's how that series ends. And now we start again with um, the ultimate universe kind of starts. And we see that the maker has decided to just intervene and put every power player out of commission so that he has no competition and he can take over the world and make it make it the way he feels it should run. Right. And so he basically has it so that, uh-oh, he delays the space shuttle that the Fantastic Four were on by a few minutes. So they miss mm-hmm. the solar flare. And instead, they mm-hmm. all die except for Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. He, Who's horribly disfigured. Yes. And, then, and wears a doom mask. And wears a doom mask. So he is the Doctor Doom. In this world, we also, um, it is Howard Stark who is Iron Man. And Tony Stark is, is a teenager. Um, which I find very interesting. And also he sets it up so that he gets Loki in power and they imprison Thor. So Thor is in prison and out of commission. And he basically is putting everyone out of commission and recreates this world where there's seven kingdoms and the Hulk rules the Asian kingdom, which that is the only thing that's confusing to me. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I love that Ileana Rasputin and Pyotr Rasputin rule the Russian kingdom. Um, also technically an Asian kingdom. True, true. Well, Eurasian, they're on both parts. Um, and it's, uh, uh, but it's seven kingdoms, but it's all peace. It's all peaceful. Well, 
Yes. But everything runs. In- nobody's dying. Everyone has free healthcare, all that stuff. But there is always a bad guy. And right now it is the Russians. The Russians are the bad guy. And everybody is working up and trying to go against the Russians to stop them. And it turns out it's – we find out later – um, Howard Stark is like, I just build the stuff. I'm Iron Man. I don't want to know what the, what I don't want to see behind the curtain. I don't want to see the wizard behind the curtain. And he has his Jarvis. So I forget what his name is. Well, no, it's Obadiah Stane. Oh, it's Obadiah it's like Stane. co-owner of, yeah. Obadiah Stane is the one who's part of that, I guess, Illuminati, you could say. Yeah. The people that run the, the world. The people that run the world. And apparently the people that run the, the world is. when, um, uh, well, I guess here I'm backtracking where – let me backtrack a bit. The maker is basically – has his own little globe called – what is it called? The state or the or the city? Yeah, the city. And what happens is is all the – is Kang from the – it looks like Kang from the future comes with all of these clones of the Avengers to kill – to kill the maker. Yep. And he's like, we need to stop you. Kang trying to kill the maker. You're ruining everything. Um, basically, they end up losing, but they do kill – stain and so howard stark has to take over and so this is them revealing being like here is what's going on and that's what i also love about hickman is he creates this everything leads to it's not like let's all just explain how the world works no it leads to because stain died howard now has to take up and so he's like okay how does this world work and then they explain it it's just such good storytelling yeah it's great but it turns out that they're like oh actually we take turns being the bad guy because it turns out humans have to feel that somebody's evil and they have to be feel that they're the heroes. When we tried to do just complete world peace, it just doesn't work. And doesn't work. And the thing is, and then they're like, and now we basically do have peace and behind the scenes, everything's actually cool and everybody, and we're at peace. And Howard's and Howard Stark is like, this is fucked up. People don't really have freedom. Everything's a lie. We need to have freedom. And this is the point where I was like, wait, I don't know. Wait, is this really bad? <laughs> just like, I know that's what like, I'm just this confused. was the flaw. <laughs> this was the flaw in this story for me is Howard Stark's reaction when they told me when they were like, "Yeah, we've orchestrated global peace by pretending one of us is is evil, and then all attention is turned onto them, and then we rotate." I was like, "Sounds great." Howard Stark is like, "You fiends!" I was like, "Wait, what?" No, but this is why it is good. Am I'm, I evil I'm gonna, too? No, I'm going to give you the no prize of it. Howard Stark, Howard Stark, they rule America. What is America prize over everything else? Their freedom, their liberty, uh-huh. the truth. It's capitalism. It's I think it's all of yep. those crazy American values. Being the good guy. Yeah. Oh, that was the other thing. It was going to be America's turn next. And that's that what they were the setting up where set America was going to be the bad guy. Ooh, and it sound familiar. And so yeah, I think like, they no do way. set this I mean, up are, where you but... are like, oh, yeah, it is fucked up to have governments completely lie to you. However, it is fucked up. It is fucked up. But also they're lying to you in a way where everybody's at peace and happy and taken care of. Yeah. If people were not awful, then they wouldn't have to do this. That's my take. Yeah. And so it's very confusing of like, which is the greater good? But in the end, but here's the thing is the but the truth where... I do think, in, but it, it's tricky because when you give one person ultimate power, it corrupts. And so it, all, it never leads to somewhere good. And I think that's what they're saying is we get to this future 
with Kang, where it's clearly leading somewhere bad. And I also feel it seems pretty obvious, and I don't know that who Kang really is. Right? It's probably Tony, right? Tony. Because in it, yeah. in this final battle where uh well, and in the end, Howard Stark ends up teaming up with Reed Richards. Because Reed Richards is doomed and is basically imprisoned in the city. Um, because uh the maker's like, I want to use your smarts, but I also want to make sure you never betray me or get away from me. But then that doesn't happen. The, the exact opposite happens. And Reed Richards ends up trapping everybody, all the big power players, like uh, the maker and Howard Stark in the city with Kang. And there is a part where you see where when uh, Tony Stark lifts the mask off of Kang, he just makes a face. And I'm like, that's got to be his son. Oh, it's yeah. Gotta and be plus Tom. Tony Stark is calling him. Tony is calling himself Iron Lad. Until he finds a better name. And we all know what the Iron Lad Kang connection is. Exactly. Iron Lad becomes Kang in the Young Avengers. So yeah. it all seems pretty obvious, but I love that. And and so this also then opens up where now we have Tony Stark as Iron Lad. He's with Doctor Doom, Reed Richards. They free Thor. Thor has... Um, and Lady Sif. And Lady Sif. And then they fi- go and find um, Captain America, who's still in the ice, to release him. And so, and that's in the book Ultimate Universe. So the four issue Ultimate Invasion set it up. Ultimate Universe is now the beginnings of them remaking this new Ultimate Universe. And so we'll have an Ultimate Spider Man. It'll be Peter Parker. We'll have an Ultimate X Men that Peach Momoko is doing, which seems Same to thing. be based around armor. Armor. Oh my gosh! Fun. I love it. It's great. It's fun. It's fun. Well, that's it for comics. Let's talk about some TV. This is going to be a long Let's one. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. I always feel like I'm watching a comic movie or TV. Okay. So we got the season finale of Gen V. Wow. Gen V wrapped up after eight episodes. And not only did it set up an exciting season two, but it tied into the flagship show, The Boys. And here is my one issue is I feel it's setting it up in a way that the, there's, they're not going to be in the school anymore. And I want to keep that school setting. I don't want to get rid of that. I know, yet. But here's the other side of that coin. Remember that detention center they set up in episode one and then never did anything with again? Oh, wait. Or was that The Woods? Well, there was also where the the orphans that don't that are like too powerful get taken away somewhere. Yeah. That's where I think they are, right? Yeah, probably. Um or but that's the thing is, well, basically basically our group of heroes faction off into two sides of like are you either pro soup or you're pro like it's like Xavier versus Magneto. You're either you're it's either Xavier and anti-human. Yeah, you want you everyone needs is? to be to, everyone should be able to live together um in peace and harmony or um or your no soups. So basically uh um oh my god, what's everybody's name? Now it's uh Kate. Oh, here we go. Yes. Kate and Sam, they take the soup side and they go and release everybody from the woods. The one thing that the I The anti-human side. The one thing that didn't happen, I thought they were going to release somebody with the plague. <laughs> Oh, I know. Oh my God. And just no, the Victoria so that Newman. Happen. 
Well, I, what I love about the soup virus that they invented is now we have a weapon against Homelander. I am always looking for a way to kill Homelander. Always. Yeah. And I think that's what uh, the senator... So is Victoria Newman. Yeah, Newman. That's what she is like just looking... That's why she wanted that that virus. Yeah. And Do you know what this yeah. story reminds you? Like, do you know what this story reminded me of? What? This was Riot at Xavier's. Yeah. Yeah. It was, except instead of Quentin at the helm, it's Esme. Yeah. You're right. And basically, they're like telling all the people in the woods to kill all the non-soups. And it's very brutal. And they're just murdering everybody. And then... Uh, we see the head of Vaught. What's her name? Oh, um, Ashley. The one who you're friends with? The one who I met once and hung out with and a wonderful time. Ashley. She's there on yeah, school and when it's attacked. She, yeah, she's there. Under siege. Yes, yeah, she's under siege. Um, and basically, she calls Marie Moreau. They're basically deciding, like, whoever can save us gets to be in the seven. And basically, Marie Moreau is given the chance, like, if you kill Kate, we'll put you in the seven immediately. And so there, and there, so there's a lot of different conflicting emotions. Also, Andre finds out that actually they're, you know, him and his dad's powers are killing them. Will slowly. Here's like, what's so kill weird. Them. Yeah. Here's what's weird about that. Andre's dad was part of the seven for a long time yeah. as polarity. Yeah. Only now, I think, have his powers like. Yeah, why Andre these, should like, not have effects. any problems. Why until is Andre he's affected? Yeah, that made no sense. It made no sense. He should not have any problems for like, like until like twenty. Now years. with the knowledge, every time he uses his powers, he's like, oh. I know he's just like, being what, dramatic. Why? He's being dramatic. <laughs> but, so dramatic. Yeah, but anyway, in the end, Marie Moreau is like trying to like. You know, be the good guy. She's trying to contain the soups that, yeah, are. But that she's are also like a bunch right. of dead bodies. She's like, oh, I got all this free blood going around. But in the end, you know, she sees Kate running up to Jordan, her boyfriend, and before she mm-hmm. can touch him, she explodes mm-hmm. her arm. Fuck. That was great. I was so scared when Kate reached out for Jordan. Yeah. I was so afraid they were going to be put under her thrall and I... to watch Marie. I, I audibly like gasped when she blew up her arm. Me too. That fucked me up. Me too. But then Homelander comes and, and it's like, oh, great. Homelander's here to save the day. No, not great. No. He's like, why are you betraying your kind? And he shoots Marie Moreau. And then we cut to the news and it looks like Kate and Sam are being um, the new heroes because it's actually Homelander that runs Vought now. He is in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. They're being heralded as the new guardians of Godalkin instead of Marie and Andre. And Marie now and Andre and Emma, and Emma wake up. And Andre and Wait, Jordan. And, they're and Jordan. They're yep. just in a in a facility with no doors. Yeah. And they don't know yep, where yep. they are. And, and all the bad guys took over. And I think, you know, so this is leading to season four of the boys. Yes. Season four of the boys, which then will then lead into Gen V season two. I'm assuming this, I, I hope, hope this so. gets renewed. It was great. I think it did. It was great. It's so great. It's so wonderful. I, like just to see, a, it, like it was, I cannot stress enough. It was right at Xavier's and it was just so great to see that come to life. But all the X-Men stuff aside, like these are great characters. It's great writing. It's just great plot. It's so, so Good. And plus, some of the boys are just really attractive. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
Anyway, I love it. I can't wait for it. To, I can't wait for the boys. Uh, well, we need to get that set. They have stopped production because of uh, SAG. Still has yeah. not come to a conclusion. So once that happens, oh, they can crossed. start the Almost production there. back up. It was Fair going deal. to, it should have been released like the end of this year. And yeah. now it's just in a, you know, indefinitely delayed. We also have, you know, bl- oh, go ahead. But, I was going to say Blade was supposed to come out two days ago. Oh, shit. Have you heard about that? Yeah. No. In that article? Did the, this, was it in oh, that article? God. They, no. They um, originally. Oh, yeah. They wrote it where Blade was not the star. Right. And then Bla- and then, like and then uh, Mahershal Walker was like, I'm not going to be in this then. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, well, we're just going to trash it and rewrite it. It's like the waste of money that they're. That they're just the poor decision making. Yeah. These people, like, they get an idea in their head and they're like, that's great. And then they run with it. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? I think sometimes people are like, oh, wouldn't it be a great twist if it, like, wasn't starring Blade? And you're like, no. (laughs) No. It would be stupid. We also be stupid. We also have um, Loki. We have Loki episode five, which we were all dying to see what happened after the whole timeline blew up in episode four. And apparently it did blow up, but everybody vanished. As we later saw, they vanished to their variant timelines. Um, But Loki, who's kind of tethered to the TVA. Um was still there, but he's he now, time but he's time slipping again. And he basically finds his way. He's time. He's first time slipping, but then the, the TVA just completely vanishes in the little stringy. It was dust. They're like, we can't do dust. So spaghetti. Yeah. That's spaghetti. the, that's the snap. Yeah. Un- un- being unstuck through time is the spaghetti. So, what happened? He's not only time slipping, he's dimension hopping and he's going to each branch timeline where his former friends have been returned to their old lives. And he's trying to get the band back together. And he finally meets up with Sylvie. He succeeds. He finally meets up with Sylvie and Sylvie's like, why are you doing this? He's like, cause I want the TVA back. You do like, why? Like, what do you, why are you really doing this? He's like, I want my friends back. And she stops him there. I mean, I think really, if you get down to it, he just wants her back, but he, and here's my gripe. He brings his friends together and it's just all for naught. Like they all wind up, they don't really do, do any, they don't accomplish anything. They just all wind up getting unstuck out of time. Spaghetti. Spaghetti. And then he returns back to the original. So he learns to control his time slipping because he was enraged when he watched Sylvie unravel and get um, uh, unstuck in time yeah but it turns out so, that you okay. do need the, that you do need the tva or all of the basically all of the universe is going to collapse and spaghetti out the yeah great so spaghetti. all the all the branches are are dying yeah which again i don't understand why they are but okay i'll go with it yeah and it brings him and we have one episode left yeah and so it brings him back right before they're about to try and you know yeah so he he winds up where he was like right before it happened which i'm like okay which i feel it just has to switch i think it's just gonna switch where it can't be um kang that's doing it or victor or whatever his name is in that it has to be loki to do it it'll have to be loki or something i think like part of me i have to remember that this is the loki that just fought the avengers 
Yeah. And then I get, I like things make more sense yeah. to me. But like, there's a lot of like, don't you see Loki just had to realize he loves Sylvie. And I'm like, okay, he had to do that last time. Yeah. He had to do that last season. Yeah. Anyway. But. It feels like we're rehashing old territory. Kihi Kwan is still amazing in it. He's still amazing. He's so good. I also liked that Casey. Whole show together. I like that Casey was actually like a criminal in his other life. Uh, not only that, he was like, he was like, he escaped Alcatraz, yeah. which is like, there's only been one or two times that's happened. <laughs> Yeah. I think I saw an article that said there is a true crime, like an actual story that that's tied to Casey's adventure. Like they were referencing an actual oh, story. Oh, in Marvel or in real life? No, in real life. Oh, okay. Should we talk real quick about yeah. Invincible? Sure. Yeah, Invincible premiered season two. Did you watch all of right the last season or did you stop? Yeah, I did. Did you not like no, it? No, I watched. I feel like I watched. I, I, you weren't crazy about I it. I don't know why... I don't know why the ultraviolence rubs me the wrong way with the show, but I like, I really don't like, you know, I love the boys. I Homelander, ugh, he's such a good villain. Anthony Starr is amazing, but it's the same reason I never watched Blackburn. It's, it's the same reason I don't really enjoy Invincible. I hate the evil Superman trope. I just don't like it. I don't like, like, what if Superman was bad and like nobody could do anything about it and everything is violent and horrible all the time. I just don't dig that. But they've moved on from that. Yeah. And I guess for me, it it, it gets the, I, the one thing for me is it's literally just, just so faithful to the comic that I, yeah, I that, which feel I never read very confident about. Cause I know like you're saying all those things, but it's like, I know where it's leading. So I'm like, right, oh yeah, right, right. but it gets resolved in a really smart and cool way. That's great. But I also watched I the that. Adam. Did you watch the Adam Eve special? Yes. Before what a fight! That's one of the best like animated superhero fights I've ever seen. Her versus those like four guys. Yeah, that was fun. Kind of just showing her powers, and uh, basically this is setting up. And I don't know how much because in the comic I feel like I'm just I'm just curious of like. In the comic, they have multiple plots going on at the same time. So this Angstrom Levy is a character is introduced yeah. who can he has the power to um go to different dimensions. And he's the I only I mean, he's Nathaniel Richards, he's Kang. Yes, but he's the only one. Yeah, he's the Kang of the, the Kang comparison. But he's the only one who can um, do that of all of the other versions of himself. And he basically yeah, collects yeah. all of the other versions of himself in one place and then tries to get the two, the two genius blue twins, which I forget their names, the Maulers, the Maulers Manglers. to like, he's like, I want all of their, I want all of their memories like shoved into mine so I can control and know every dimension and know. So I can have full multiversal knowledge and yes. like take the best things like, the 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 new inventions from other dimensions that we've never even seen before bring them here. Yeah, undiscovered Shakespeare's on other dimensions bring them here. And uh, and kind of cool. Yeah, and then meanwhile, Stephen Yoon, uh, Invincible, and his mom—they're still kind of reeling from like, oh, the whole my dad is evil and tried to <laughs> destroy the world. And it's yeah, all a and lie. Kimmy. And then the other thing that's interesting because of Angstrom Levy, he, the one thing that you learn is that this is one of the very few worlds 
where Invincible does not take his dad's side. That's right. And episode one, season two opens showing us a world where Invincible does take his dad's side. And it was just so sadistic and horrible. Yeah. And in this world, in the main world, this one, he doesn't. And he just wants to like make amends and be a superhero. But the government and the guy, the main guy, and it's like, I'm sorry, I'm, I should have. Cecil. Cecil. God damn it. I have all the actors. Right, it's what I'm for. I have in front of me all of the actors, but it's not their cartoon. It's Walter Goggins. But it's not their cartoon faces. So it's not helping me. <laughs> Walter Goggins? I'm here. I got you. Who's Walter Goggins? Oh, he's like the bad guy from Ant-Man. Oh, him. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Anyway, Cecil is like, I can't trust. I can't trust him because his dad did that to me. So I don't know if I want to put him back in the commission. He finally does. Um, uh, I don't know. It's like just setting up kind of a new bad guy with this like Kang version. And yeah, yeah he, he feels like the leader from Hulk. He's just like his brain is gigantic. And it's just it's a weird watch for me. I just am like, it's just literally just like the comic. It's literally it's just like watching like the, the comic, comic come, come to, to life. life. And yeah. so I like it. Um, I, yeah. and it's hard for I me. I mean, I'm to, definitely going to watch it's it. It's hard for me to judge it because I know, like even when it opened and he was bad and, um, <laughs> I was watching it with someone else and they're just like, wait, I thought, and I'm just like, no, no, this is, um, this is another universe. <laughs> like I already, like I'm watching it just like, lit- like knowing everything that happened. So I am having a different wow. experience watching it. Yeah. But it's fun. So they even did that in the comics. They did that like quick depiction mm-hmm. of a darker universe. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's how that character was introduced. I mean, I think because Seth Rogen is like, I think he's the main, like he's, this is like his baby. And yeah. I think Seth Rogen, I can just imagine him being in the world being like, oh, <laughs> just do the comic. <laughs> like just. Exactly. Just do I, the Seth comic. It's all there. <laughs> Just do the comic. Yeah. And I, and honestly, I respect that. Love that. I respect that. Yeah. The only thing that's different is his gay friend comes out way later and they had him come out sooner. And I'm like, fine with that. It's better. Yeah. They, he doesn't come out until he's like an adult. He's like, I was gay this whole time and I was in love with you. And instead they're like, no, just make him a gay character the whole time. And have Andrew Reynolds be be his voice of him. Oh, Andrew Rannells, that sweet face. Uh, but yeah, it's fun. Lots of superhero stuff and fun superhero stuff. Lots of stuff. Lots of good content. Yes. And next week yes. is the finale of Doom Patrol, which we will cover. Oh my God. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yes. The apocalypse. Yes. I was talking what to a someone. Show. I was at a gay bar last night and I was talking oh. to someone and they were like, I said something about, I can't remember what, and they were just like, yeah, like a hot guy like in the Titans. And I was like, wait, you watch Titans? Ooh. Because it's a very rare thing to find someone in a game Ooh. where like watch Titans. And he's like, yeah, all the guys were so hot. I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like, oh, oh so you God. love Doom Patrol? Kindred and he, spirit. And I was like, oh, so you love Doom Patrol? And he was like, ew. He's like, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and he was like, no, Doom Patrol. Like, I love Titans. And then I watched Doom Patrol and I was like, oh, this is weird. And I like stopped watching it. And then I was like, no. Oh, <laughs> so close. Oh, well. So close. Can't wait to cover the end of Doom Patrol. Can't wait to cover the rest of Fall of X. Can't wait to keep talking. About, oh, Loki season finale is coming next week as well. Oh, that's right. We yeah, we have a lot. And we'll talk about Stay it. Stay tuned. 
And yes, we will. We will. Yeah, watch superhero TV shows because it's great right now. But I, there is a disclaimer um, that I oh. that, and just don't be freaked out when I say this, Brett. Um, if you mm-hmm. watch <clears throat> superhero TV shows or read superhero comics, yeah. well, then oh that God. makes you queer. queer. Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.